Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Tea with Tash podcast. Another week, another podcast, another story for Tea of the Week, another guest. We're here, we're doing it, we're live in living color, and we're about to hit you with the Tea of the Week. First story of the week is Vanderpump Rules stars Sheena and Lala are apparently having a falling out. I am a huge Vanderpump Rules fan, so I watch it religiously, and I have watched it from the beginning all the way up to the current season. Personally, I'm just going to start here with 89% of my listeners said that Sheena's being annoying about this situation. Um, For those who might not know, Sheena went through a miscarriage a couple months ago while she was in Palm Springs, and the alleged story is that Lala didn't comfort her, and I'm assuming the way that she wanted to be comforted. Sheena's mom reached out to everybody and everybody obviously said that whatever they need to let them know and I guess Sheena kind of either messaged her or something and said, you know, I'm going through a tough time and Lala decided to just stay and text her rather than um, go there and help her, something along those lines. Um, And then Sheena on her podcast revealed that That night, Lala had gone out for dinner with um, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan, what's her face? Megan Fox. Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot her name. She's like the most stunning woman on earth. Um, Instead of going to help her. Which, okay, if you have dinner plans, you know, I don't... I've never had a, a friend who has had a miscarriage, so I'm not sure how I would react in this situation. I'm sure I would react the way Sheena is implying she wanted Lala to react. I would have been there. I would have came with food. I would have been, you know, that shoulder to cry on. And I think just Lala already had plans. And I'm sure that when you have plans with Megan Fox, you don't really want to, you know. But then Lala addressed it saying that she did go to the house quickly or she stopped by or she called or something. So there was that connection there. It's not like she just left her hanging. Anyways, you guys can head to the tea of the week and hit um, the story from the tea, and you guys can actually hear Sheena's side of the story. Um, Lala also put up a very long Instagram story about it, and she just said she's not giving it any time. Shit happens. I don't think she said that she had made a mistake. I kind of am with Sheena on this one, that she kind of did make a mistake and not going there, but everybody's different. Everybody's different. Story number two, with 92% of the votes saying that they are here for this. Tyler Cameron, Hannah B, they're, they're together. Like, how do you not? I mean, again, I'm not a big Bachelor person. I did not watch The Bachelor. I don't care for The Bachelor. I really hate to say it. But these two are in so many pictures and, like, TikToks, and I know they quarantine together. Like, it's so weird. Just say you're dating. What's the big fucking deal? And if you guys don't work out, you don't work out. Like, who cares? Move on. Look at Demi Lovato and that random guy. He pretty much used her just to get famous. Okay? You guys don't have to use each other. Just say you're dating. It's not that hard. I don't even want to say that's a story because I don't care about them. Mind you, I picked the story. But anyways. Um, story number three. Chloe is getting slammed for her always changing look. And they're claiming that she's trying to look like Beyonce. Listen, a good spray tan and a good contour goes a long way. I have noticed since recently watching the Kardashians um, in their new season that's on 
that you see Chloe in pictures and then you see her in her confessionals and it does look completely different. But hey, like, I don't really, I don't know. Whatever makes you happy. I'm all for the Botox and the filler and whatever else people want to get done. I'm not one to judge. In her pictures, it looks like she has a nose job. And then in her confessional, she looks like the normal Chloe we've always known her to be. And in the show, she looks the same too. It's not like she's got a 24-hour filter on her face. It's very odd. I just, I don't even know what to say about this. Because I don't think she's trying to look like Beyonce at all. Beyonce is a queen. Nobody can look like her. Like, nobody can look like her. And Chloe's just a different situation. She's just... She's not trying to, I don't think, I mean, let me ask her, but she's not trying to look a certain way, I think. She just contours the shit out of her nose, I feel. That's what's really, like, unless she's gotten a nose job, which, hey, I'm here for, but I don't know. And I'm also not feeling, the photo that we posted for the tea of the week, she's got, like, really dark hair. I personally love Chloe in the short bob that she's sporting. Um, in Keeping Up With Kardashians right now, so that's just me. Um, in our last story, it's kind of a sad one. Our hearts are going out to Chrissy Teigen and husband John Legend after su- suffering a pregnancy complication which led her to losing her son. Um, I have no words for this, and I'm in shock that she actually posted about it so soon after that it happened. Um, but yeah, we are sending lots of love to them. I can't believe this happened. Um, I wouldn't even know how to react. I mean, I'm sure I would react just like she is hysterically crying, upset. I mean, God willing, that never happens to anybody that I know or, you know, but shit happens. I mean, what can you do? I hope that she will recover from this. I hope she's doing well physically. Um, I know mentally this has got to be a really tough situation on her and John, and I'm sure they're kids, Um, but I think it was so brave for her to share her story on Instagram and just be so open with her life, because I know a lot of people as influencers, as Hollywood stars, have a problem with, you know, showing some of the difficult parts in their life, and that's part of being an influencer. That's part of being in Hollywood is that you have to show the good and the bad and I think what Chrissy Teigen did here was so incredibly brave and I salute her for telling us what happened and showing us pictures and all of the pictures that she had posted the one that got me the most was the one with her getting the um, epidural on her back like that's I mean I don't have a baby and I've never had a baby but that's I would think the moment where you're like, holy shit, now this really is happening. And yeah, thoughts and prayers go out to her family. I wish nothing but the best for them. And yeah, I'm just hoping that they get through what they need to get through. All right, you guys, I'm so excited to intro our guest for today. Her name is Ashley Wright, and she's the founder and CEO of Mala Collective. This company works with artisans from Asia to create products supporting a mindful meditation practice. 
Merging both authentic practices and beautiful pieces, Mala Collective wants to inspire you to live your mindful practice at home and throughout your day. Since starting Mala Collective in 2011, Ashley has taught meditation across North America, taken meditation trainings in LA and New York, to Bali and India, and has worked to make meditation and mindfulness more accessible and fun. Mala Collective has worked with brand partners from Lululemon, Anthropology, and has been featured in British Vogue, Yoga Journal, Goop, and Poosh. Please welcome Ashley Ray. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to the Tea with Tash podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, welcome. Thank you. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, can you start by telling my listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Of course. Uh, so my name is Ashley. I own a company called Mala Collective, and we make different products, like different tools to help support a mindfulness and meditation practice. So that is anything from meditation cushions to mala beads to crystals. Uh, so different things that can physically support you in your practice or that you can wear or carry with you throughout the day to remind you of an intention or, you know, just, just remind you of that practice of mindfulness um, in your day-to-day life. And how did you come up with something like this? Because the intention behind what I've looked at so far is so beautiful. Like, how do you even come up with something like that? Yeah, that is a great question. So in in a really bizarre turn of events, I became an entrepreneur by accident. Um, And it was nine years ago, which is kind of wild to think it was that long ago. Uh, But I used to be a journalist. So I used to actually cover murder trials. And I, yes, quite the departure. Um, I won an award and I felt that I had, you know, gained a lot of beautiful life experience in journalism, ended up quitting my job and traveling with my partner at the time. And we ended up in Bali and we fell in love with these mala beads. Uh, And for anybody that doesn't know what mala beads are, it's like a string of beads. Um, Ours are all made with crystals and gemstones that you can use to focus your energy and meditation. And we fell in love with this jewelry without really knowing that they were for meditation. Kept going back and buying them. And we were flying from Bali to Thailand. And this woman came up to us on our flight and said, oh, your aura is so beautiful. Can I sit and talk to you? She ends up talking to us. And she was the woman that made the jewelry that we had bought in Bali. So it was this very serendipitous moment of meeting this woman who bought these pieces that we had fallen in love with. And her guru told her to get these beads to the West because they embody peace. The more the world wears them, the more the world will be at peace and the West needs peace the most. And so we said, great, we'll help you. We're from the West and we dig peace. So it was a very naive, nonchalant entrance <laughs> into entrepreneurship, very serendipitous, very synchronistic and, um, I'm very grateful for having trusted that, that um, collision of lives because I think there's often times we meet people, you know, on a daily basis that, that we could change their lives, they could change ours, and we, we don't follow that path. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that trust that I had um, all those years ago. Wow. And I've, I've had an experience similar to that where I was actually working and um, I work at a hospital and the lady mm. who I was, um, who was my patient came up to me and she's like, you have the most beautiful energy I have 
felt in a long time. And I was like, wow, that's so nice. And I almost didn't know what to do with that sort of information. (laughs) Then everyone's like, oh my God, you're being so mean. I'm like, that's not what the lady at the hospital said. Like she said, I have beautiful energy. Okay. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Isn't that such a gift? I feel like it really is. It brings some sort of like wave of confidence that's different than like something like a haircut or makeup would do. You know what I mean? There's just something about it. And I've, I'm so interested in these mala beads that I've been looking Mm. at them all morning. Um, But it's so cool to see that your beautiful pieces have been in places like Vogue and GQ Mm. and Goop. Like what was that like seeing your pieces featured in like top magazines and blogs like these? Oh, so cool. It's, it's still not lost on me. It's still the coolest thing ever. And even being able, you know, to go on podcasts and talk to you and share this story with, with new people it is, um, it's a trip. It, it's definitely, I could never have visualized this. I never could have manifested this. I never could have envisioned nine years ago that this is what life would look like. And um, there, there is a lot of moments of fear and limiting beliefs of like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not this enough to run this business. I'm not this enough to be spreading this message. But when those moments happen, they're so much bigger than me. And they're so much bigger than our business that it it's, becoming um just like really beautiful gentle reminders that you know this is the correct path and there is some cool like uh feelings that come with that external validation mm-hmm. um as much as I don't want to admit like you know maybe that is a little bit of ego but it is um it's pretty cool to see uh how mindfulness and meditation has shifted so much in the past few years so you know when we started people were like what are mala beads what what is you know, meditation, what would tell me more. And now it's the conversation around mindfulness and meditation has shifted so much that um, it's almost normalized. And it's been a really beautiful progression to see that magazines like Vogue and GQ and um, are open to it. And like the last thing I did before COVID hit was I went to an event with Gwyneth Paltrow at Goop headquarters. And to see all these people connecting to the beads was just the you know, that was so wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's not something I could have. That's insane. Uh, and know. what was she like? What's Gwyneth like? Cause did you get to meet her or is it just, I her didn't people? get to talk to her, but she yeah. was, there was a small group of us. I think there's maybe 30 of us or 50 of us there. And, um, yeah, it was, it was great. It was so neat to just see a really own, honest, open, vulnerable conversation around mindfulness and different ways to approach it. And, um, yeah, it was really cool. I, you know, it, there is moments like, whoa, I know that person from TV. <laughs> that's yeah, kind of that's so humbling crazy. and like, oh, neat. They're holding our, our thing that we made. Like, that's yeah, really, totally. you know, it's, it's surface, but it's also pretty neat because they have so much impact and influence in people's lives and how they think right. that to have this woman sharing openly and honestly and vulnerably about mindfulness, about meditation, about the path to wellness you know, I'm not saying our, our version is the right version. It's just one version. And it was just really neat to see her um, holding space for people to, to learn in that environment. Yeah, I really like Goop and what they all have to offer in different types of, because they're not, I, I initially I thought they were just like makeup and natural yeah. this and natural that, but it's so much more than that. And it, I think yeah. that's a part of maybe that sort of industry that we're not, we don't have education on. Mm, yeah yeah I think it's quite progressive the, the way it's all moving totally, so I'm yeah grateful to be a part of that um, like I honestly cool. never even heard of meditation until like 
a couple years ago. Like I could see meditation, yeah. like I was a dancer. So I would find mm. like my type of med- meditation would have been like ballet sort of very free flow movement, mm. s- somewhat slow. Um, and now that I'm not dancing anymore, I don't have that outlet, which is one yeah. of the reasons why I started this podcast. But my boyfriend also has said a lot about meditation and he was an athlete and he used mm-hmm. it a lot during pre-games or if he had a bad game like he would always bring it back to meditation and it's so interesting so many people from different backgrounds use it in so many different ways yes I think that makes a lot of sense and you know you being a dancer your partner being an athlete getting into that flow state and being able to drop into our bodies and not be in the analytical mind and being able to like you know I've never done I've never been a, a a really good dancer, but <laughs> no, I'm feeling of being in your body and dancing and moving. There's this flow of, you know, we get to drop into that space between our thoughts. So if you connect to that in movement, that's beautiful. If you connect to that uh, in, in sitting in a practice and quiet, that's great. But one of the things that I've, you know, been really curious about on my journey and probably having that background of journalism is like, what is meditation? Am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? Do I have to sit there for 30 minutes and have no thoughts? Because I don't think I can do that. What if my leg falls asleep? What if my stomach grumbles? Like all of these things that are so real as part of the human experience. Like, does that mean I'm a really bad meditator? (laughs) And so I've, I've done a lot of, like we make all of our products in Bali and India and Nepal. So I spend a lot of time over there, which I'm very grateful for. And so I take a lot of trainings when I'm over there and Mm. when I'm in LA or when I'm in New York and it's so beautiful to see the different approaches to mindfulness and the different approaches to meditation and the different practices that exist. So I I feel that, you know, at Mala, we make really beautiful products, but the goal is to share a whole bunch of different approaches to meditation and mindfulness. So what is it for you? And how do you get out of your head and not judge yourself for doing it the wrong way? And if right. we make a beautiful mala, a beautiful cushion, maybe it will inspire you to sit and to breathe and connect to yourself. But you don't actually need what we sell to meditate. You can sit and meditate with nothing but your breath. And that is a, a really huge gift. And we just make things that might inspire you to do that or might remind you or might, you know, hold space for you. So I think you've already meditated and you're a great meditator, ballet, dancing, you know, your boyfriend being an athlete, there's, that's meditation in its own right. Um, it takes, it takes a ton of different forms. Yeah. And I think that's the uneducated version of like, some people don't understand that it's not just yoga and sitting, it's whatever you make it to be. And I find that this life that we all live right now is very structured and we have plans Mm -hmm. and we have, and if it doesn't fit, we're like, nope, not doing it. And if it's not structured, it's kind of hard to follow. Um, I've known myself that I'm a very like instructed person, whereas with dance, I could follow an instructor and I enjoy like similar to, I guess, a guided meditation to help me move that way. And then some people, if you don't have that, they like completely lose it. Like I've tried doing um, a guided meditation, just like through YouTube, just lying Mm -hmm. there. And I just like thought about what am I going to have for breakfast? Oh my God, my finger's falling asleep. Oh my God, I'm falling asleep. Like. Like there's so many ways around it that um, I am not educated on. And that's why I'm so excited to have you. Um, But you also train, like you have online courses on how to start meditating. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how people can access that? Of course. So we offer a lot of free content. We have a lot of guided meditations. So as you mentioned, there's something nice about just being able to be in the moment 
and surrender to somebody else's voice and let them walk you through what to do. Um, so we do provide a lot of free guided uh, audio meditation, but we did just launch recently an online course uh, that I'm teaching just, you know, I think it's maybe seven or eight short videos and it's meant to be very accessible. It's meant to teach you, here's how to sit, uh, to find a comfortable seat that will cause less distractions. Here's how to breathe. Here's what to do when your mind wanders away from your breath and you get distracted. Here's how to use a mala because a mala traditionally is a tool that you turn around in your fingers, kind of like a rosary, mm -hmm. that you go inhale and exhale on each bead. So it's this tactile thing that focuses your attention. Here's how you use a meditation cushion. Here's how you choose a mantra. And a mantra is a word or a sound or a phrase that you repeat in your practice. Mm -hmm. So it's meant to be a very accessible, um, great way to start a practice. And also all of these tips and tools are things that I still use and I'm nine years in. So I don't know if I would call myself an advanced meditator. I don't know if I, you know, I don't, I think that the teachings are the same, whether you're intro or advanced, it's just sitting with your breath. Um, so the, the course is a reflection of a, a lot of the teachings that I've taken. And I've done a lot of teachings around North America, teaching meditation. And I get to see everyone's questions and everyone's questions are the same. Everyone's doubts are the same. Everyone's fears are the same. So it's, it's just softening that internal dialogue of thinking that we're a bad meditator that we're wrong. So it's, it's meant to be a really gentle, subtle, um, kind and lighthearted introduction to meditation. Um, especially, you know, with a lot of people having been stuck in quarantine, being stuck at home this year, the, the approach to meditation is it's not just this woo woo hippie thing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it really does help relieve anxiety. It does help us ground. It helps, you know, relieve some stress. And I think that that's super important, mm -hmm. um, more than ever right now. So that was our, yeah. our way of showing up for our community and, uh, holding them through that experience. Totally. And just a side note, what was quarantine like for you? Were you guys like stuck at home? Like, what was it mm. like for you? What was your mindset? Cause like we had mentioned before we started recording is it was, we are so lucky to be in quarantine in Vancouver and the weather was yes. beautiful. So we were able to yes. kind of be outside safely and not, you know, have to be stuck inside completely. Yeah. yeah I, I feel quarantine was, was interesting for me. I'm, I'm pretty introverted in a lot of ways, or, or I definitely need a lot of alone time to come down from extroverting. <laughs> so it was, it was, it wasn't as uncomfortable uh, to be alone as I thought, because I, I travel so much. I travel, you know, I'm usually only in Vancouver two months of the year. Wow. This is the longest I've been in Vancouver for years. And I've associated Vancouver and my space here as like this uh, hibernation and a time to pause and reflect. So I kind of already had that association with Vancouver. Um, it definitely was hard on the darker days, you know, in the yeah. beginning, but I also, it was a really neat moment to reflect on what are all of the things I said I want to do one day? What are all the projects that I'm like, oh, I'll get there next year. Oh, what are all these things in myself that I'm like, you know, are on this non-existent future path or, right. you know, I've put into tomorrow. And I, I got a lot done in my own personal work. And I don't want to like glorify like pandemic productivity, but there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of time for me to reflect on what are my goals? Why are they my goals? And can I do this um, in my home space right now? And so I started writing a book, for example, and that, that was a lot of, that was difficult because 
you know, writer's block and avoidance and resistance. I like cleaned the baseboards in my apartment 12 times and (laughs) cleaned my walls. So there's, there was this really amazing time to get work done, but so much avoidance. So it was, you know, it was, I'm sure kind of what everybody's experience was like, I want this time to be used productively, but then I also want to avoid all productivity. Exactly. um, So, you know, that's, that's kind of how it was, but overall I'm grateful, grateful for that time. Yeah. And maybe this is just another side note uh, question, but I know recently we just had like a full moon. Um, Does that have, what kind of impact does something like that have on like meditation or what are your Mm. thoughts on it? Cause I just recently was looking into it obviously because I was interviewing you and I was so interested in this type of stuff that I actually even found like a couple, like um, not prayers, but some sort of like Mm. meditation um, paragraphs that I could say out loud to kind of attract that sort of energy. Um, and I know that it was last night, so I kind of said it before I went to sleep kind of thing, but what are your thoughts on all of that as well? Oh, I love that question. And I love that you're getting into this woo woo. Cause I could talk about this all day. <laughs> I love it. So I, I'm, I feel like I'm a very empathetic person and I can definitely take on a lot of people's energies and a lot of, you know, when we take on other people's stuff mm-hmm. uh, and I'm, I'm working on, on that and my, you know, own boundaries around energy, but I definitely feel a pull inward when it's the new moon or a full moon. And I somehow always end up having a bubble bath with a ton of crystals and candles on the full moon. What Funnily enough, that? again, last night again. And so it was a very inward night. Um, and I said to my friend, my phone's going off. I'm going to just be alone for the night. And the way I look at the new moon and the full moon are they're really good times to set new intentions and to let go of things. So the full moon last night and the new moon, I believe is October 16th. So it's in a couple of weeks. How do we take that time as a marker to really reflect on, Oh, what are those beliefs that we have that are holding us back right now? So you know, for me, it's like, okay, I'm not good enough at this, or I've, I've not accomplished enough, or what am I, who am I comparing myself to? What, what is the standard I'm holding myself to? And how do I let go of that? And how do I set a different intention for myself? How do I love myself a little bit more? How can I be a bit more compassionate to myself and talk to myself the way I would talk to my best friend? Because we are so much kinder to our friends than we often are to ourselves. Totally. So I, I really like to take the, the new moon and full moon as times to set new intentions and to release those beliefs that, uh, you know, clog us up and hold us back. So those for me are, are two important um, times to just take some a little bit of time to, to look inward. It doesn't have to be a whole whole thing. It can be a, a note in your phone or it can be you know, lighting a candle and sitting in meditation. It can be journaling for 10 minutes. It can be a bubble, but you can, it can be whatever you want it to be. You can make it as ritualistic as you want right. or just a moment to notice. And so I think it depends, um, you know, on, on your lifestyle and how you want to incorporate that right. bit by bit. Something that I've mentioned on my podcast a couple of times with my guests. Um, and last week I actually had a spiritual love healer on sort of thing oh, cool. to self-love. Yeah. The, the way that you guys were scheduled was perfect because you guys kind of flow one into the other. It's actually really interesting. Um, oh, I love it. But I've also um, spoken to a medium and she, the first mm. thing she said to me right off the bat was you take on people's energy. So you need to be careful who you're around. Mm. Um, I notice that when I'm with certain people or family members or groups, I, 
I take on that energy so personally to the point where I become like that type of attitude. And sometimes it's good Mm. and sometimes it's not, but I have like my core people who I hang out with to make sure. And I've kind of like rearranged some groups a little bit because I'm so cautious now about what energy I'm around and making sure that people's intentions are good, which I know is not super easy to do. Um, because everybody's different and everybody changes. But I just thought it was so interesting that the new moon, I found that I, not new moon, the full moon, the ritual that I read last night was just to cleanse all of like the bad feelings towards people and hopefully to like Mm -hmm. regenerate stuff like that. But hopefully Mm -hmm. like towards all the people like that we can regenerate like relationships and stuff like that. It's just so interesting how it all comes together. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. Well, I love that you're looking into those things and aware of that empathy. I think it's empathy is such a gift. And I think sometimes we look at boundaries as, oh, it's so mean that I have to have this boundary or it's mean that I have to say no. But actually boundaries are so healthy and it is a really important form of health, uh, of of self-love and maintaining our health, maintaining our well-being. And, you know, I I did a lot of years on learning that boundaries are actually kind (laughs) to everybody because it's, you know, it's, um, that's how you show up. Then you start to show up differently when you have boundaries. So it's, um, that was a big learning. So I'm glad you're reflecting on that. That's a good one. I wanted to just touch on your um, new collection called I am enough. Can you give us a little bit um, of background of uh, why you did this collection and why you've called it that? Yeah, of course. Uh, So we have, I'm enough. I think we've been making this collection for like eight years and it was, I can speak a little bit to like how it was born. It was, it was really came, it, it came out of, you know, that I shared that story of how we started the business. It was very serendipitous, mm-hmm. synchronatic, but I didn't feel like an entrepreneur. I didn't go to business school. I didn't understand payroll and HR and cash flow and, you know, market, like all of these things that I felt I was so insignificant and not good enough to be running this business. Mm-hmm. And so this, I was doing this meditation and it um, just said, Ashley, get out of your own way. You playing small is actually robbing so many people of a beautiful experience and you're playing it safe by being scared because you know that, you know the fear, you know this being scared state um, and that's what you're comfortable with. So get over yourself and get out of there. <laughs> so it was kind of like, okay, well, that was a bit, I get it. Thank you. But you could like, it was a, it was a really funny wake up call. And so that whole concept of I'm enough, uh, it really landed with me and it really resonated with me. And it was something that I had to work through and I still work on uh, feeling enough in any capacity in life. And I noticed the more that I shared those limiting beliefs of not feeling whatever enough, like insert here, whatever word, you don't feel enough. And I don't feel pretty enough. I don't feel thin enough. I don't feel smart enough. If you're in a partnership, I don't feel like a good enough partner. If you're a parent, oh, I don't feel like a good enough parent. There's, there's always going to be a thing that we put in our own way of ourselves, that I am not this enough. And so the I'm enough collection for us is really, how do we remind people that they are, that they are that, that they are what they are seeking, that they are, they have that quality within themselves already and they don't need to go somewhere else for it. They don't need to go to somebody else for love, that they are love. They don't need to go for somebody else for healing. They are their own healing. And that's actually the, when I'm writing, when I said I'm writing a book, that's what I'm writing about a lot as well. But that's the concept of the book is I'm enough. And how do we, how do we close that thought process sooner? So that spiral of I'm not good enough 
it can turn into this like really quickly downward spiral of, oh, I'm also not this, 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 this enough. So how can we interrupt that pattern? How can we love ourselves a bit more with kindness some compassion, again, with self-love? And so it's that book is a reflection of different tools and practices that I've learned and life experiences, not just mindfulness and meditation, but it can be as simple as like when you feel that thought pattern happening, getting up and going for a walk in nature, uh, different journaling prompts, different. So it's the book walks through that, but it's, my goodness, it's definitely been a really overarching theme of my entire life. Um, wow. And I feel a lot of people think it lands with people because it's real yeah for me I feel like um even just reading that quote I'm like yeah that's kind of like me like I started mm. this podcast during quarantine like just before we wow. got shut down and what a what a time to like learn something new like if you were to go back and listen to my first couple episodes I was so timid and so same thing. Like, I'm not enough for this. I don't know why I'm trying mm. this, but there was something in me that was just like, this is something like this makes sense for me. I can't put my finger on what it is. Mm. And I can see now that I'm getting more guests and learning more about what they have to offer, but also on my end, what I can provide is that I am enough. And that's just so interesting that when I read it, I was like, Oh my God, that resonates with me so well. Um, but yeah. I also want to touch on lastly, last couple of things is when is this book coming out? Cause I'm so excited to read it already. <laughs> well, it's early days, early days. I'm hoping next year it's, um, I will let you know as soon as I know yeah, please. It's, it's in the process and it's, um, you know, writing is so humbling and creating. I'm sure as you can relate, you know, being yeah. a creative and putting this podcast together, it's a very vulnerable experience. Totally. Um, I remember saying to the agent that, this beautiful woman I'm working with, I call her my fairy god book mother. And I said to her, I just don't feel like I'm good enough to write this book. <laughs> she oh said, Ashley, do you understand the irony and <laughs> what yeah, you're honestly, saying? I'm like, yeah. I do, I do. And it scares me because it's like, okay, here's all my shame and vulnerability and fears. And I'm going to put them in writing and give this to you. And I hope you can relate to it. I hope you don't judge me for it. I hope, like, <laughs> Oh my goodness. So it is, um, it is this upheaval of like every emotion in my body. So there's, there's so much excitement and I know it's going to, I know it's going to help a lot of people because it is, it's normal. It's a, it's the human experience that we feel like we're not good enough. And I hope that these words that I'm writing help people. Um, and it is also a scary thing to put out there. So yeah, I will let you know. And I know, but um, I am as equally excited as I am nervous. So it's, yeah, it's please like, let me know. I would love to get a copy. Um, lastly, just tell everybody where they can find you and find your next projects and stuff coming up. Yeah, of course. So you can check us out at Mala Collective and you can, you know, message us on Instagram. We're a small team, but a very loving, close-knit, mighty team. And we really, really love hearing from people. So anything from how do I set an intention? How do I know what crystal is for me? How do I, you know, choose a mantra? There's a lot of questions that people reach out like please reach out we're so happy to to help you with those things um, and to hold that space for you um, and let's see what do we have coming up well I would say going into fall winter we're really focusing on how to build uh, a home space for mindfulness and how to really create you know a sacred space at home a safe space at home so that means you know like if it's cushions if it's crystals if it's putting plants together like 
we're really focused on guiding people through that this fall and building a little nook or altar in their space because we don't know what fall is going to look like. So how can we bring mindfulness and love into it? So I would say that's, that's our, where our energy is going the next few months. So please reach out and we're here. Awesome. Well, we're so excited for everything you guys have going on. Thank you so much for your time. Thank and you. Yeah, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was so fun and exciting to learn something new. Oh, well, thank you. And congrats on this beautiful podcast. It's thank what you. a beautiful accomplishment. Thank yeah, you thank so you. much. Have an amazing day, Ashley. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Of course. You as well. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to my episode with Ashley Ray, founder and CEO of Mala Collective. It was by far one of my favorite interviews that I've done. Be sure to follow me at Tash Podcast. Subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. And please, please, please leave a review and give five stars if you so think that I deserve it. Thank you guys for your continued support, and I look forward to spilling the tea with you guys next week. And until then, sit back, relax, and leave spilling the tea to me. Bye.